The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. All right, guys, welcome. Uh, today on The Quirky Dog, we have a very special guest here. We have Jennifer Frost from Spouses Talking Houses. Hi How there. How are you? So today we can do um, Peeps Talking Pups. Oh, great. Perfect. Yeah, I didn't know what would be clever for us. I'm like, they have such a cool name. What are we, Hogs Talking Dogs? But we're Peeps Talking Pups combined, so <laughs> we'll be all set. Rovers and Realtors. Oh, he did like Rovers and Realtors. We were talking about that. Uh, so we're going to do things uh, today a little bit differently. If you're in the market for a house or if you're looking to sell your house, the housing market is still great out there considering everything that's going on. I think you're going to get some good tips. But first, we're going to do the quirky tip of the day still, even though we're switching it up. And our quirky tip of the day is uh, whether you're interested in real estate or not, especially if you live in Mass and New Hampshire, please follow the Facebook page, Spouses Talking Houses, um, because Jennifer and her husband, Brian, um, are realtors and appraisers, and they're licensed in both states. So uh, you can maybe get some business or at least some great real estate tips from them. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you course. so much. So, um, and your website is uh, called the... We're the Quirky Dog Podcast, but um, normally we run everything through Canine Healing. That's Canine our online, Healing, exactly. That's our online yeah. dog business, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how about Bratz talking cats? <laughs> <laughs> you did have a cat question. I said, Scott, are you going to be able to field that one? I know. I so know. what is your um, history kind of with going into houses and dogs, and um, what are your thoughts on all this so, stuff? So, you know, the majority of the time that we do go in to do a market analysis on a house, um, you know, walking into that home and they tend to have dogs. Mm -hmm. um, they also will have cats, but it's not an issue in the front door the way that it is with a dog. And a lot of times the dog is jumping and barking and circling around and all excited. Um, Sounds pretty normal. It's very normal. It's <laughs> very like normal. when we go to a house. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and then the, the, the people are always trying to like sh shun the dog away. And mm -hmm. I feel like I have to greet the dog before the dog's going to want to go away. So mm -hmm. I don't remember when or why I started doing this, but I usually will just not make eye contact, but give them the back of my hand. Mm -hmm. And then I'll, then I'll go and greet them kind of a little bit face to face because I feel like from the dog's point of view, nobody would come visit the house unless they were there to visit the dog. <laughs> the right? way that people raise the dogs, they probably think right. that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like if I don't greet the dog, I'm just making things worse. Um, but I really don't like when they jump on me. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because you're wearing your nice clothes too, because you're a real Theoretically, type. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what tips do you have for her? Well, what I, would, what I would recommend is, and this is what I do, uh, is I, when I set that appointment, mm -hmm. I ask them to have their dogs on a leash before my arrival. Oh. I'll be there at three. Yeah. Please have your dogs on a leash or put them in a room where they won't be able to rush the door. Okay. Uh, normally they're calling me because they don't want their dog doing that anymore. Right. So right out of the gate, I, I believe them when they tell me their dog's going to do that. So 
they say, well, you won't be able to see the behavior. I said, mm-hmm. I, I believe you when you tell me they're going to jump all over people. And in your case, you don't and need to see the behavior. That doesn't help I your sale. I don't want the dog to get another opportunity to rehearse these negative behaviors. Right, right. So by having the dog on a leash or having the dog removed, I can come in and, and talk with them about what the problems are. And then we can... Um, get the dog out, typically the dog will be more calmed down after I've been in the house for 15 or 20 minutes, even if they have the dog on a leash, because now they've accepted that I'm there. They didn't get to have the big party, and now they've kind of mentally moved on. Oh, Like, oh, I guess that big party isn't going to happen. Okay. So they're calmer. Yeah. I definitely would have treats with me if there's a dog. Okay, good. I would commit, but this has all been set up ahead of time. You know they have a dog. Mm -hmm. I would ask them, if they they say, oh, the dog is a little, you know, exuberant, Mm -hmm. say... Uh, and I would even use your, I would say I'm a little bit nervous with dogs, okay. even though you're not. Yeah. Just to get I'm them. the opposite of it. Right. But, yeah. but to get right. them to be a little more proactive. Mm-hmm. Could you do me a favor? I love dogs, but they make me a little bit nervous sometimes. Could you have your dog on a leash or have the dog in another room in the bathroom or something like that? And you can, if you give the, now if they do come in and they're just loose and they're rushing you, if you take food and put it right on their nose. Don't ask them to do anything. Don't start with the sit and all this crap. No, 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 Just yeah. give them the treat. If they take the treat, if you throw a handful of yeah. treats on the floor, they could care less about you after that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. now their their mind is shifted to the food. Food, 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 food. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that will yeah. diffuse it a little bit quicker. So I always um, feel that I, sh- I need to ask permission before I give the dog a treat. So but you can talk about that on the front so end, this is on something, the phone call. Yeah. This is something I'm not doing on the phone call. Right. So this is very important. And it would be great because it would help you establish a better relationship with the people too, right. in the sense that right. you care about their dog. It's not just about you. It's about, I don't want to create a problem for you and your dog. Well, and uh, my sad story is that I don't get to have a dog mm-hmm. because my husband and daughter are allergic and don't want to have a dog in general just because of the time and, and, and maintenance. So when I go into someone's home and they have a dog, I pretty much don't want to talk about real estate. I just want to talk about the dog <laughs> right. and, and spend all my time with the dog. So I need to keep myself focused as well. Yeah, well, for their benefit and the dog's benefit, if you really care about the dog, because you're coming at it from a typical selfish perspective. You want the dog. You want to enjoy the dog. Yeah. And I understand that. I understand that. But it's make it's reinforcing the negative behavior. Right. So right. if you were to go in there and not give the dog attention for the first mm-hmm. 15, mm-hmm. you can still interact with the dog. But after the dog has calmed down, you could be, you know. Okay. And you can decide if you want to bring that dog's energy up to a crazy level or not. I don't. No. If you don't, then I would be calm in my attitude, my voice. I wouldn't have the high, oh my God, I love dogs. No, I don't get to have one. <laughs> and the dog's going freaking crazy. Right, exactly. That's going to happen. This is me, yes. So yeah. if you go in and you're calm, you're more neutral, mm-hmm. so you don't activate the crazy, Yeah. then you can calmly interact with the dog. And before you leave, you can make the dog crazy and get out. And get out. Okay. <laughs> so... So on the phone ahead of time, I ask that the dog um, potentially be leashed or in another room until I've had time to get there. Yeah, I will also, yeah. also do that for your own safety because yeah. a lot yeah. of people don't know. Right. What they say is you walk into the situation like they're like almost cringing like, oh, I hope it goes okay. Right. When they're doing that stuff, that means the dog has nipped somebody or something has happened a little bit that everybody was uncomfortable with previously. And if you go in there... And food will diffuse a lot of situations. Yeah, you can have course. a dog that's territorial fear. Yeah. And they're coming up, woo, woo, woo. And they're like, yeah. and they're afraid of you, but they're advancing. Uh, it's quite often, if you can just, you know, toss out a treat to them, 
Uh, it will start to cha- right. diffuse the and, situation. And not give them a lot of attention, just Don't give them in, in a very low-key way. And do you carry uh, some type of portfolio, a, a clipboard or something Usually with you? a clipboard, yeah. I would always use that the way a mailman should use his mailbag, mm-hmm. between, a buffer between you and the dog. Okay. It's the first thing you do, you come in with your clipboard, yeah. and you'll have to now disinfect this whole thing. <laughs> right. But um, <laughs> just nonchalantly... This is between your legs and the dog's nose. Okay. And you're just using it as a little bit of a buffer to just initially evaluate this dog's headspace. Because Jess and I went to see a friend of ours who has a young dog um, that hadn't had a lot of social exposure. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, I want to show you my dog. And she took this dog. The dog was in the backyard. The dog came running in, and it just rushed us. And it was fearful. And it was like... Had I turned my back on the dog, it would have bit me in the butt. It was really seriously fearful and advancing on us. And I said to the lady, I mean, after I saw this dog come in, because I knelt down because I knew the dog was under a year old. I thought, well, it's a puppy. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. I wasn't squared up on it. I was sideways. I knelt down. I was just going to like, yeah. you know, just kind of give it some neutral attention. It came in and it was really scared. And I calmly stood up, and the dog was not calming down. And I said, get a leash and put a leash on your dog. And the lady was embarrassed. She's like, oh, my God, I haven't seen that kind of behavior before. And it wasn't just me. It was both of us. Right, right. But, so you don't know what you're walking into. And then, of course, Brian is allergic, so he doesn't want yeah, jumping. Yeah, he doesn't want the interaction. He, he, he doesn't mind interaction, but he doesn't want him jumping on them and, yeah. and all of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you preface it when you ask him to put the dog on a leash when you show up, if you ask, does your dog have any food allergies? Say, mm-hmm. I normally like to bring treats. Because yeah. ideally now, you've created a relationship with the client. You're going to be showing the house. You're going to be going back. You want to have a good first introduction with the dog. And if they say, no, you know, my dog doesn't have any food allergies, then whatever you bring to the house, if you just sprinkle that on the ground, like Scott said, I can't tell you how many owners get so bummed out that their dog gets so excited to see them when they get home. And we say, oh, just take some kibble yeah, and drop yeah. it on the ground. And then they're like, oh, you were gone for eight hours. What are, like, <laughs> Whatever. They're just scavenging. You know what I mean? And you having the back of your hand there, like you talked about, and not squaring up on the dog and letting them get comfortable. It's really about your presence too, you know, right. because you don't want to be fearful. You don't want to project anything. You're just evaluating the situation in the moment. Well, and, and usually one or two of the owners is getting kind of hyper about trying to control the dog. Yes. And so I feel like I need to be a little centered and calm, you know, yes. so that I'm not adding to the dog's anxieties I, at that point. The other thing, if they have a backyard, and I do this quite often too with dogs, uh, if they have a backyard, I say, put the dog in the backyard. and Because I want to sit down and kind of ask them some questions and get mm-hmm. a feel for what's really going on before I actually work with the dog. And if the dog is going crazy, I can't communicate with them well. Right. And in your case, if it's a very first meeting where you're just want to, you just want to check out their property for to do an evaluation and with your husband, and you want to do you know get some price, give them some pricing. It's right, a very first right. time. Don't even interact with the dog. Say, hey, could you put it in the backyard? I'm just gonna do a quick walkthrough, just see what you got going on, and um, you don't have to be distracted with that whole with deal. with that whole deal. Yeah. And then you can do a little tally here. When I dote on the dog, do I get better sales than when I don't? <laughs> because people love their dog so much, that might be help making you a client too. So you right. want to well, weigh that out. But If you get the listing, then of course you have yeah. to make a rela- yeah. establish a relationship with the right. dog. But yeah. before you get the listing, why get bit over yeah, well, the initial... e- even if the, they're in the backyard, uh, you know, I can guarantee you, I'll be asking what kind of breed they are and how old <laughs> they are, because yeah, I'm totally fascinated. So that's okay. We also will be entering the homes and um, doing showings, and usually, we ask that our our sellers leave the house for showings, mm-hmm. and that 
they nine times out of ten they take their dog with them. Right. Um, but occasionally, when I'm showing a property that's not my listing, there will be a dog that's in a crate, mm-hmm. and there's all different behaviors there. Right. You know, when I, I'm I'm coming in with two to four other strangers mm-hmm. and walking through this house, and the owners aren't home, and the dog is in a crate. Right. Um. And so sometimes the dogs can be a little bit kind of aggressive and barking. Other times they don't pay any attention to us at all. And then other times they're like shaking and shivering. Um, And I never know the right thing to do. I usually do talk to them and, again, just let them sniff my hand because I feel like like that's a good thing to do to let them greet me. But I absolutely don't know. Don't know what I'm supposed to do. I would suggest in that instance, um, just in your car, have like a Staples trifold. Mm-hmm. So if now, because these aren't, I mean, obviously you're telling your, we'll tell her more what that, what that is. I will, but for your own listings, you're telling the owners that having your dog removed is probably best for the show. Right. Correct. Right. So this is this random situation that it's somebody else's listing. The owners haven't been briefed enough. So like a presentation board that you can get yeah. with the three things. Yeah. Keep a it in the car. Block. Yeah. Right. Keep right. it in the car. And if there's a dog that happens to be in a crate, you can just go place that. So there isn't that visual so much. Okay. So now if the dog is looking like the sad dog in the MSPCA commercial mm-hmm. that everyone wants to donate money right. to, right. you know, they're not going to have that feeding into looking at a home that they hopefully want to purchase. You know, everyone's there to move forward a sale. And then also the dog should be less reactive without that visual, Okay, if that makes sense. We always okay. say that even like if the dog is reactive at home, drop, drop your blinds. If your dog is reactive in the car, have something cover the window. The visual Interesting. All will right. kind yeah. of, because they know that you're there, they'll hear you, but the visual doesn't doesn't necessarily make them go like this. And the last thing you want is somebody coming through with a kid and maybe the kid sticks the fingers in the crate or something like that. Of course. So that way you've kind of, you can even put your logo on it. (laughs) (laughs) So I would, I would play it that way just because we sold a house. um, We sold our house, I'd say three years ago now. And we had at the time uh, at least seven or eight of our own personal dogs. I mean, we had a facility um, that kept all the dogs that we were training away from the home, but we, people didn't know we owned one dog. Wow. Like we bought all yeah. soft crates so they, mm-hmm. they could just fold them up, put them in a closet. We'd always remove the dogs. Like it, it was surprising to, you know, our first, our realtor was like, oh, you guys have a lot of dogs. We said it won't be an issue. It won't be a thing. <laughs> and you know, we're big on the house, not smelling like dogs and everything else. So there are ways that people can adjust. They're just not no- normally used to adjusting to their dog. They're used to having their yeah, dog I mean, run the show. <laughs> certainly, you know, Picking up the toys and the food bowls and all that yeah. kind of stuff and just making the place look a little bit cleaner. Well, well and I was going to ask you about, yes, the fur and the dog smell. Yeah. Yeah. Because Which is your bigger problem? I would say the dog smell. Yeah. 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 And that just, you know, if they have wall-to-wall carpet, if this carpet, it's going to hold more smells. If mm-hmm. the dog is either wet or having potty training issues, it gets into the carpets. And people that live with that smell every day don't notice it. Right. Right. Uh, we've never had that issue, and I, I say that. Not with pride, but Jess has allergies too. Mm-hmm. And so we need to keep a really clean house because her allergy, and me now, I'm starting to get more allergies because we're letting my dog sleep on our bed more often. Yeah. And I'm noticing now I'm getting more of the nasal right. uh, stuff. With the more contact, yeah. Yeah. So we do the, um, we just rent the carpet cleaner at any of these, you know, Home Depot, any of those places. Right. Yeah. And we do wall to wall maybe once every four to six months. We clean the whole place, and it's and, we and keep it at that level. Do you do of, the the steam, or do you do, no, do the dry foam? No, it's the shampoo and the extractor. Okay. Yeah, All right. I don't know what they call it. carpet something. Carpet doctor, rug cleaner, yeah, rug, rug doctor, doctor, rug doctor. Yeah. yeah, and that does a really good job. Okay, and that w- removes smells, uh, fur, all that crap. Okay, because in some cases, I was thinking 
when you're shampooing the car, but you're getting it wet, and so that's making the you smell are making it wet, but you're it's worse. extracting at the same time, okay. and yeah, it has to dry. Right. Yeah. So you don't right. do it right before you leave. But even the smell there, I mean, it's got some deodorizer in it. You can buy pet shampoo, like four pets. Okay. There's a bottle, and it's deodorizing at the same time. Oh, that's an excellent tip. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes people think like a diffuser will help the smell, and it can, but depending on how severe the smell is, yeah. now if you have this like vanilla bean diffuser yeah. vanilla, going vanilla with and the dog, yeah, like, you know, it's this weird <laughs> mixture. So if anything, if you're walking in and you're thinking, oh, this isn't ideal right now for a showing, just crack some windows, no yeah. matter what. Right. You know, if the air is running, if it's in the middle of winter, that's the best way to just kind of get in some fresh air. And, um, you know, you can't really go smudging it, in someone's house really, with sage. It has to do with, you know, the seller wanting to get the best price for their of home. Of course, right? yeah. And yeah. if you're not willing to go the extra mile, you're not going to get the best price for the home. Right. That's the bottom Absolutely. line. Absolutely, yeah. That's what we say. It's um, if you want top price, you have to be in top condition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I mean, you know how some people get with just paying to have the whole house staged and, right. and making it look, you know, beautiful. It's the way to do it. Yeah, if it's you can afford the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, get your dog groomed. Yeah. Get your house staged. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you can't yeah. afford great furniture or everything you have is crap, get rid of everything and have a bunch of rented stuff get thrown oh. in there. I mean, yeah. we, we sold some my dad sold some condos. He couldn't sell these condos. They were beautiful, top floor, ocean view, but without anything in them, because they were brand new. People didn't know if their bed would fit in that small bedroom. Right, it looked yeah. kind of small. And, yeah. and it was a small unit. It wasn't that big. And he, you know, they had it on the market for like three or four months. And then they pulled it and they staged the whole place and sold it right away. That's awesome. Because people could see the bed in right. the bedroom. Oh, yeah, right. it looks good. It didn't matter if it was a queen or a king. They saw a bed big enough for two people in there. And then it sold right away. So staging, especially with an empty place, it's yeah. a huge difference. Well, and the stagers now actually have a lot of this faux furniture. So they can set up right. a bed that's really some cardboard boxes and an yeah. air mattress and a Just Don't let anybody sit on it. Don't, yeah, you can't <laughs> sit on it. It's not yeah. going to work. It helps people with sizing it, for their own furniture too. And it's and it's something they can fold up, yeah. and it's easy to transport in and out of the home. And so you can get not. a rescue dog to throw in there, so it looks like they have a dog. And <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, sometimes I will see listings, and the dog is in the photo, and I'm like, oh, how cute. Um, but the recommendation is that you don't do Shouldn't that be, because yeah. you're going to alienate. A you're going to alienate a portion of your buyers yeah. who who might not like animals. They might be afraid of animals. They yeah. might be allergic. I mean, I don't like kids. I don't want to see. <laughs> you don't ever have kids in the house photos. And I would say, just touching on that smell thing one more time um, before we move on, and we actually uh, go to break here. So Jennifer is going to go to break with us today. But um, if there isn't a lot of carpet and there's still a smell, the dog's bedding is holding a lot of that sometimes. Okay. So I would recommend that not only do they take the dog, but take that plush pillow bed that they're sleeping mm -hmm. on, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because some of those beds, you can't de-stuff, throw in the washer, you'll ruin them. You right, know what I mean? Right. So yeah, you can leave them in the sun for two hours, but that is where a lot of the smell is contained. If you're like, gosh, the place only has area rugs and it's all hardwood and it reeks, you know, you want to take anything that the dog is laying on materials um, out and remove that and yeah. that'll get rid of the yeah. smell. If the dog is comfortable being in a crate and if they have a finished basement, it'd be great to put them, if you're going to do showings, right. if they can't take the dog with them yeah. and they don't want to board the dog for the day or something and they're at work, leave the dog in the basement, it's cooler, and they're in a crate, 
you can see the majority of the house without the barking. They can take right. a quick peek at the basement exactly. and get out of there. Yeah. And get out of there. And they yeah. can even leave a little music or something on down there. Yeah, that's yeah. So, yeah. so we wanted to share so. this with Jennifer. Tell yeah, her about this, this so she can bring oh, it. Oh, this is a Happy Howie's dog treat. This is what I use all the time for training. And when I go to someone's house, and I'll just cut this into small I was going to say, it looks pretty big. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, you don't yeah. want to end the whole thing over. The dog could choke. You could slice that into dozens of little pieces. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a great... Uh, mo- Nine out of ten dogs, really. The majority of dogs will really enjoy this. And and is this is this something I can keep in my car? Uh, once it's open, it needs to be refrigerated. Okay. So All in right. this condition, it's fine. Uh, I would only cut up what you need, put it in a little Ziploc bag, right. and it's good for the day. Yeah. But two or three days, it's going to get moldy because there's a lot of moisture in it, especially you know in the summer. Right. In the winter, yeah, it can be in your car because it's 20 degrees in your car. Right. New okay. Hampshire. But All dogs right, good, love yeah. that stuff. So you take that. We get oh, another one for Brian Thank if he needs you. and We'll keep this. you guys safe. So uh, we are going to go to a quick commercial break, guys. We'll be back in just a few moments to talk more about houses and dogs. Happy Howie's all-natural dog treats are made with real, slow-cooked beef, lamb, and turkey. Choose from deli-style sausages, wolf sticks, jerky, burger treats, and our soft meat roll treats. All of our treats are available in bulk or in convenient resealable packages. And dogs just love Happy Howie's. They are made in the USA and available at thousands of retailers nationwide and online at happyhowies.com. Try Happy Howies today and save 10% with promo code QUIRKY10. Happy Howies. We're making it real. All right, we are back. So I actually have some stats for you. Oh, good. Okay. Um, so according to the National Association of Realtors, today's pets are real estate influencers. Oh, meaning that everyone's an influencer nowadays. Exactly. <laughs> Me- meaning that people will actually buy and sell their homes based on the needs of their pets. Uh-huh. So That's um, fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we bought our house because of the la- the yard space in the front. Of course yeah. you did. Yeah. 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 So 89% said they would not give up their animal because of housing restrictions. So when we have people going into condos or 55 plus condos or rentals, first question is, do you have pets? Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's, you know, what's the breed, what's the weight, et cetera. Um, 12% of pet owners have moved to accommodate their animal and 19% said they would consider moving to accommodate their animal. We're really seeing it with first-time buyers. Yeah. So 73% of millennials currently own a pet. And 89% of the millennials who bought a home own a pet. Mm-hmm. Because renting with a pet... Difficult. ...is difficult. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And 79% of those home buyers said when they closed on the, on the property that they passed up otherwise perfect homes if it didn't meet the needs of their pets. Hmm. We, we 100% get it. I 100% get it, too. Yeah, so when you're yeah. looking for new buyers, you want to get a list of dog owners that don't own a home. Oh, that is That's smart. You a you're to. a marketer. Yeah. All right. I like you say, that. It's not- Are you having difficulty with your dog and your present rental? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and a lot of those people, those millennials that have a dog, don't have kids either because it seems like either... The, the animal is the kid. The yeah, they're, the kid. they're seeing how it goes. It's like a test oh, run absolutely. with the dog or they don't have kids at all it's and they their, just have dogs. Yeah, their fur baby is their first baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. So, yeah. And in that vein, like Scott said, we literally, when we bought our house in Amesbury, we 
drove up to the property, and before we even went inside, we said, oh, yeah, we're going to take it just because we saw the property. Like, we could care less about anything. for your dogs. Yeah, Yeah. it was six acres. It was just perfect. A lot of flat land in the front. So I would say just kind of some general attractions is obviously a yard. A fenced yard is nice. Mm -hmm. Um, If it isn't fenced, you might want to combine with an invisible fence company that you could, like, you know, send out to. Well, I know the fencing okay, is so better you're not for a liability. Fan of the, uh, you're not a fan of the electric I'm fence? I'm not thrilled with them, no. Okay. Because it allows other animals onto your property. Oh. That can get in a fight with your dog. And then you've put your dog at a disadvantage. And if they walk onto your property. It's a legal issue and, for you. And they're trying to break up a dog fight and they get bit by your dog, you're liable. Oh, wow. On your property because wow. you didn't protect the public from your dog. Interesting. Okay. And some dogs will run right through that fence to go chase a squirrel or something. Mm. Yeah. But... But all that aside, they're great. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know how people well, are. Sometimes, to everything. sometimes yeah. it's a hard no with a fence. You know yeah. what I mean? So that would just be a way that they can keep the open yard. So I would say outdoor accommodations are big. If it's an older dog, a lot of people like a lot of living on one floor. So yes. the dog doesn't have to be going upstairs Absolutely. or something else. Right. Basements are great, especially in New England. Just to have a cool basement in the summer, especially if a house doesn't have air conditioning, maybe. You can say, you know, the dog can lay on the tile downstairs. So just to me, the first things that come to mind, pool. We just did an episode on teaching dogs to swim. Some people like an in-ground pool for dogs. Some people, it's a hard no with an in-ground right, pool. Right. So it kind of depends on the person. But I would say the way the house is set up, the texture of the flooring is important. You know, obviously you can pull yes. out carpet and stuff, but those radiant heat floors, I'd buy a house in a heartbeat if, if, with radiant heat floors yeah. in my kitchen for my yeah. dog to be sleeping on. I, you wouldn't, know? I yeah. wouldn't be allowed to walk on. <laughs> Scott would have to wear shoes, but (laughs) it would be good for the dogs. One of the reasons why hardwood and laminate and other smooth floorings are so popular right now is because of pets. People are like, you know, we we think that's easier to clean, easier to take care of, better for allergies. And then um, in new construction, higher end homes, we're seeing dog washing stations, um, usually like off the mudroom. So it's almost like a big shower area with a drain you know, where they can... Where I've they, even seen some built-in dog crate containers. Areas, yeah. yeah. It's part of the furniture. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I was showing a home this weekend that had an odd little nook, and everybody said, oh, what could what what is this for? And I said, well, you know, you could do some shelves and make an extra pantry, or if you had a dog bed or a dog crate, right? and they were all like, oh, this would be great. That's a great <laughs> idea, yeah. yeah. Well, in those tubs, it seems to be more of a thing out here, too, because so many people like to take their dogs swimming in the ocean, so they need a quick rinse. You know, you don't right. want to give your dog a full bath and get the hair dryer mm-hmm. out. You also so. have that big mud season. Yes. The spring is the dogs are all Absolutely. getting all muddy all the time, yeah. yeah. What well, might be a good selling point is having a groomer that will come to the house to wash the dog and that, because that's the problem is half the time go. the people don't actually want to go through the right, effort. Right, right, right. <laughs> they don't have to bring the dog somewhere, but they don't have to be the one to, to do it either. Well, the other thing, too, is, um, uh, and I just I just blanked on it, but um, so I'll, I'll remember that. Anyway, mm-hmm. what about, like, moving day? Mm-hmm. So the the dog, I assume, is going to pick up on stress leading up to the move. They're going to, I don't know how long they need to acclimate or how difficult it is to acclimate to the new house. But moving day, I feel like they should just be somewhere else, right? I, ideally. Yeah. And it gets back to that crating issue, too. A lot of dogs, a lot of dog owners don't crate their dogs, which makes it a little bit more of a project right. to manage their dog when they're moving and all that stuff. Our dogs are comfortable being in a crate so like we can put a crate in the back of our suv and have the dog get in the crate right 
and of course with plenty of ventilation they're not yeah. warm but i mean while we're moving things they could be there and not in the way and not getting loose and running down the street right, right but you for the average dog owner they might consider boarding their dog for two or three days through that process right and it's another reason why you should find a boarding kennel that you're comfortable with before you need it i agree so that when you yes. want to board yeah. your dog you know i trust those people mm -hmm. we've had our dog there my dog yeah. loves those people and you're comfortable dropping them off if you want to go away for the weekend or you're doing something. Yeah, when I have people who are moving from out of state and they don't have a local kennel or a local vet or anything like that, that's one of the first things they usually ask. And that reminds me of what I was going to say. Um, we have a lot of homes that have security cameras, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just becoming easier and easier to do. But most of them use them to watch their pets during oh, course, the day. Yeah. yeah, And they're sitting <clears throat> at their desks talking to their pets. And they're sitting at their <laughs> desks talking to their pets. So... The whole idea of having almost like an intercom or communication system throughout the house for your pet um, is a new trend as well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe kind, not kind a healthy of, one. But. Yeah, kind of bizarre, but... <laughs> a mean, little, little codependency there, you think? I or? think it's... Yeah, that the people, you know, yeah, it's, it's just kind of a nutty thing to do, I think. The thing about the cameras... It's an emotional... <laughs> it's an emo and this emotional attachment to the animal... It, it can get... It can get unhealthy. Yeah. And it makes the dog That will be more me unstable. when I get my dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, do it does create this anxiety in the dog. There's always this contact. Mm -hmm. There's never the dog is just being a dog on their own. The same kind of stuff with the kids and that helicopter parenting where the kid is never allowed to just be a kid. Right. Go play in the dirt by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way kids used to. We're all know. getting more doting and needy as yeah. society yeah. develops. And yeah. with the cameras, we have them too. And my joke about talking to the dog, a lot of people are like at work, they tune into the camera. Oh, he's so cute. Hi, baby. He's in the middle of sleeping. He's totally comfortable. And now somebody's talking, you know, and they get confused and they, stuff. So sometimes less is more. They're like, that. why do I hear my parents' yes, voice disembodied? Yes. Yeah. A little bit. And <laughs> if you're comfortable enough, and for your potential clients out there who are listening, if your dog isn't conditioned to a crate, and you're planning on going through this whole process, just start conditioning the dog to a crate. You can just get a you know cheap uh, fold-up crate from PetSmart. They can't be more than $100, no matter what size dog you have, even a Great Dane. And you no. could just start feeding them the meals in the crate. For the wire crates, they're cheap. You can just start feeding the meals in the crate to kind of desensitize the dog and get it used to it. And it's a nice thing when you get to the new place, too, that it has its own little cocoon, its own yeah. little hut. It doesn't have to be something they use forever. But dogs, there's a lot of jostling that goes on from moving from a home to a new place and everything else. And they need kind of some grounding too. You know, we forget that the dogs need kind of their own little place to make home. Yeah. So that's what I'm curious about. So they, they come into the new home and I assume like all the smells are different for them mm -hmm. and their, their family, their people are there. And so a lot of the furniture is hopefully the same, but what are some tips to help the dog through that whole transition of the, you know, this is where we live now. Structure. Okay. Yeah. And I would, you know, depending on your dog, the age of the dog and all that stuff, it doesn't make too much difference. I would treat the new home or restrict the amount of freedom the dog has in the new home. Okay. Let them, it won't take long with a, an adult dog, but rather than just give them the whole house, say, look, this is your new place. Because some oh. dogs might get into some marking behavior. They go and smell and they like, yeah, uh, I'll I'll take this room. I'm going to pee here. I'm going to Oh, no. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm just going to... Oh, know, yeah. That's, Let's move that's, in a new home and have our dog pee yeah. all over that's what, it. Yeah. That, that's not an unusual marking right. behavior for dogs. Right. Yeah. You know, so you could just keep them in the kitchen area when mm -hmm. you're not... When you're at work, you put up a puppy gate or something to kind of... So if there is any kind of funny business, it's on a tile floor, linoleum, something right. that's not right. going to be a problem. And if they're getting... They make it anxious from being in a new environment. 
which may cause them to chew. Right. And he'd become destructive. Right. And they're saying, oh, the dog was great. Now we're in this new house. He tore the couch apart because right. he's in this new place. And he doesn't mm-hmm. know what's going on. So the, the key is don't give them too much freedom too quick. Let them slowly... So get let more them slowly get used to different parts of the house yeah, and it doesn't, rather than have them roam the whole house. It doesn't necessarily take long, but that's the way I would initially do it. Well, right. and they're kind of earning their freedoms then also because, you know, if they go up to the guest bedroom closet and chew on the carpet up there every day, you may not know for two weeks. Right. But if you just have the kitchen and they were segregated to the kitchen and you come home and see a little nibble on the cabinet, then you know, okay, this behavior is starting. I got to get on top of it. You know. Yeah. And another thing that could happen is, you know, they're in this new house and it could be a busier street than the old house and the dog is hearing its activity out front and then starting to bark at passerbys or you know dog this or that and running around and getting themselves all agitated something they never did at the old house you don't know necessarily it's going on because you're not home right exactly all of a sudden you have a barking issue the neighbors are complaining that your dog is barking all the time right so all these things and it's it's always better to be proactive set the dog up to have a successful life well, the dog, Rather than having to go in and fix all this crap that's going on. I was going to say, any of the dog behaviors that need to be corrected usually run back to the, the people behaviors, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Give, and, and if the, the people are absent, it's because they've given the dog too much freedom too fast. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's why the dog is acting out. Either the dog is anxious or it just is being instinctually reactive to things happening in its environment, uh, but they're not socially acceptable behaviors. Um, so I have a couple of funny showing stories about pets. One is, this was a listing that we had, and they had uh, one of these beautiful, big, exotic birds uh-huh. in a cage, and they would um, put the bird cage in the garage and then cover it during yep. the showings. Um, and one time I got a call from an agent who said, we're showing the house and, and we're afraid. We're afraid to go into the garage <laughs> Because we hear all this shrieking. Oh, and is there somebody locked it's in like the garage? It's like an SBU episode. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's just the bird. <laughs> Don't worry about but the they, bird. They said, we thought they had somebody locked in there. <laughs> it's funny. I, I went to a... So I put a sign on the door. <laughs> I, went, I went to a house like that. Bird people, yeah, they, they will dedicate the whole garage. Yeah. This guy had... Uh, I was there for their dogs, but mm-hmm. he had like three big... I don't know if they were parrots, but they were large, exotic birds. Yeah. But he had a wall, of, like a cage wall built in oh, the garage. Wow. The whole half of, like one garage bay was a, a cage. Yep, so that it could go around like yeah, an Avery or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and they lived to be like 80 years old, those they big do. birds. They lived yeah. a long time, and he had had them for many, many years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're big, loud birds, and they were in the... I went to, I had a neighbor once who kept uh, reptiles in his shower in the bathroom. Oh, like bad. They, they that's dedi- bad for showings. They de- that's well, bad for showings. Yeah. I mean, it was a tub shower enclosure, yeah. but yeah. Um, and it was a beautiful home. But if you were up there, there was like, you know, trees and sticks all in there, and it was just like a, I don't know what you call it, like a terrarium, a giant terrarium with these big lizards and all kinds of stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. I showed a house once. That's where, not always good for selling. Where we went into the third bedroom, and with no warning, of course, beforehand, we go into the third bedroom, and that entire bedroom is just all aquariums, all filled with. <laughs> reptiles and snakes and I was like (laughs) 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 like it's okay I see one occasionally but that was just a little little too much much. for me I was like I can't can't handle this (laughs) and I can't attest to the reptiles but for the birds too and you don't want to overstep too much with your clients but if there's that situation where you know they're in the garage or something the music is good 
Like maybe they could do some, like, I don't know what the birds would like, rainforest stuff, but like for dogs, classical music, reggae music, it's soothing to them. It has a good beat. So sometimes if you put a little music next to them also where they're contained, it might keep them quieted down more. Rainforest cafe. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. You make a whole experience out of the showing. (laughs) And now here's the garage. And then I'll be like, I have to use the bathroom. (laughs) The sound of all this rain. (laughs) Um, you know, we do definitely have an issue with, with pets in rental housing. Yes. Um, rental housing is becoming more pet friendly. Uh, but the concern usually on the part of the landlords is that there's going to be some damage to the property. Um, Rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. Usually there is. Yeah. 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 So, so what, what preventative steps can somebody take, uh, to keep their animal from well, chewing, it goes, scratching, it goes, peeing. it goes back to the management of using a crate when you're not there and watching the dog and, yeah. or the cat. I mean, we moved into a, a rental um, that the previous renters had a cat. Mm-hmm. And the renter, the landlord was very animal friendly. It's an old home. He said, it's okay, you can have animals. The place stunk yeah. of the urine. Yeah. And then Jess went to put stuff away in an upstairs closet and there was cat poop in the closet. Ooh. So uh, that's not responsible. No. You know, and no. that's why landlords don't want to rent to these people because yeah. they've had, if they've had one experience like that, they're like, screw one this, too many. I'm yeah. not yeah. dealing with it. And yeah. cats, I would say, are more of a hard no because <clears throat> that urine and stuff is really hard to get out. But for a dog client, that someone that is looking for a rental that has a dog, sometimes they just need a write-up from their previous landlord. Like that has worked really well for mm-hmm. a lot of people we know that... My dog is an upstanding citizen. Like, it's lived in this place forever. There's been no problem. It behaves better than a young child would type of thing. Do you ever run into the ESA stuff, the emotional support animal yeah, stuff? Yeah, we do. Yeah. And uh, we did an episode recently on fair housing and talked a little bit about that. Yeah. I don't know how those rules will be changing. They're starting to tweak a little bit with the airlines and then COVID-19 hit in right. 2020 right. and who knows where, yeah. where anything um, is that's legislatively. Been, that's been abused uh, it, quite yeah. a bit. It has been abused. And so now uh, the trend is going more towards it needs to be written by uh, a professional who has actually met the dog. Yes. And um, can actually describe, you know, why they're... And there's a difference between emotional support and service. So the service yeah. animals are really easy to document. Yeah. And they're well-behaved. Um, and they're well-behaved. <clears throat> not necessarily. Not Hopefully. The, not the psychiatric Hopefully. is a... It, that's beyond emotional support, I think. It's right. from a psychiatrist. Yeah. That's more of service dog. Okay, Isn't it? yeah. 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 PS. Well, they don't need a lot of training at all. If it's just really, it's just kind of a glorified emotional support dog in yeah. a sense. Well, I mean, we had a client who has um, a service dog and um, his disability is neurological, which means he's prone to falls. Yeah. And so the dog is trained to he can lean on to, to stand near him so he can lean mm-hmm. and then also to assist him if he goes down. Right. Um I don't know exactly well, what it's he actually, does if he goes down. But it's down, actually but doing yeah. something. It's a, yeah, there, yeah, there is a service component there. Yeah. Um, when we called the condo association and said, you know, we'll give you the documentation, the property manager was like, don't even bother because we're not going to say no because we're afraid of the lawsuits. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. And for the ESA stuff, things are changing um, as time goes on and everything. But another thing you could suggest is, you know, why don't you guys go get a CGC on your dog, a canine good citizen, and they'd have okay. to work with a trainer. And it's not easy for a general pet dog to pass that test. And it's just walking comfortably by a stranger, by a dog, sit, stay, just some basic stuff. It's kind of parlor tricks for the actual test. But now it's a certificate that says my dog was able to do these things. Right. It is a canine good citizen. Maybe you could consider him more so yeah. now. The dog can respect boundaries. and Yeah. It know, has some training. They've has, made some effort. Right. Because that's the right. thing. If people are going to say, well, I'm not, my dog's perfect. Well, okay, you need 
think they need to prove that or show that you put some effort in to make that happen. And some dogs, they aren't, they, they're not a problem, but some dogs can really well, Insurance raise companies heck. now are, are requesting that. Yeah. Yes, I was going to say insurance companies are getting and, a little strict about And I've had that too. Um, and a, and very far and few between, but more than one client contact me and ask me for something written up for their condo association. Yeah. And I won't do it. Like a testimonial for their well, dog. The, a letter no, of recommendation for their dog. No, they're saying the dog's an emotional support dog. Because oh. that's the only way you can get a dog oh, in. Oh, right, right. You know, right. because you can't argue with an emotional support dog. Right. And I say, I'm not the person to, to tell. Evaluate that. Right? Yeah, you yeah. need to go to see a, a therapist. And then they're going to write this out and say, this is your thing. But they don't necessarily want to have it uh, on record right. that they have been to a therapist. Exactly, yeah. But because I'm not going to go in. with the whatever, illness, Whatever yeah. the reason, but yeah. that's not my position to say, yeah. yeah, that's an emotional support dog here. No. That could be anybody. I mean, I'm not qualified to tell someone that. You know? Well, and most people have pets. There is an emotional benefit to it. But yeah, you know, they, so, but that, so that's how what, could how could you really determine? You can't. It's not. It's You're not the dog me, It's not for me to determine. Right. Yeah, you need to be a, a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> he does like to evaluate people's crazy easily, but it's oh, yeah. probably yeah. not I, politically Quite correct. often, I'll say you definitely need one, but I'm not the person to write it up. Um, I know there are, are multiple insurance companies that will sell you like health insurance for your dogs or, uh -huh. or veterinary insurance for your dogs. And I've come across at least one of them that also has a rider that will pay um, your landlord if there is damage to the rental property. Well, tell so, me who it is. Yeah, okay. well, let's live link it because okay, that yeah. is a good, yeah. that is the proof is in the pudding and they're taking a decent amount of liability there, but that's a great no, idea. We don't know what it costs per month to that's have true. that. It didn't seem that expensive to yeah. me. Yeah. I think that uh, now that that health insurance for dogs has been around for about 10 years or so, yeah, was, that they're starting to... Um, push back on a lot of the billing they're getting. Right. Because people are really, it's a great thing. I mean, you pay, if you have one dog and you're paying 50 bucks a month for health insurance yeah. and you have one surgery is three grand. Oh, my goodness. Have, yeah. Yeah. There's cancer yeah. for your dog. Now you could do right. 20 grand in cancer treatments. Easily. Easily. And these guys were paying it, the insurance companies. And now yeah. they're starting to back up a little bit and make more restrictions, just like our health insurance. You pay all this money. And then when you go, <laughs> they're going to gonna recoup it. Yeah, and then you go in for some simple thing, and they send you a bill on top of right. your yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. and for the renting situation, um, just as a, one last aside, if the landlord is really hung up on it and can't get it through their head, you, they can always raise the security deposit as well if the capital is there on the front end. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's normally one month's rent. We're going to do one and a half. We're going to do two months. So, so both New Hampshire and Massachusetts have laws about how much the landlord can collect up front. There's a maximum, which is to protect the consumer. And yeah. they have slowly been adjusting those uh, to address the whole pet security deposit thing. But more often than not, what I'll just see is that there's an increase in the, in the monthly rent. rent. Yeah, yeah. Monthly. It's yeah. an extra 50 or or $100 a month. Which yeah. sucks because it's not recoupable. Exactly. And it doesn't give you an incentive to keep your dog being really well behaved. Correct. It's like, I'm paying 1200 extra a year. The dog can do whatever he wants. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's yeah. the attitude yeah. people get. Yeah. You're, it's like, you're I, right. It's not you're like right. if I keep my dog really, really good, I can get my security back. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of the gifts we like to give at closing, um, it's not the only gift, but whenever we have a, a pet owner who closes on a new home, 
we like to go and get the new tag engraved for them. Oh, that's you know nice. with yeah. the dog's name yeah. and the and the uh, address yeah, and and add you know put that on their bottle of champagne. Or yeah, what have that you. is that's a good cool. idea with the new address. With so you don't want address. the dog being returned to the old address. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, um, this was super fun, Jennifer. Um, do you have anything else for us here? Because I, I want to know. want to impart all the I wisdom we can on you. I want to know your pigs because I could give pigs. that out with the dog tags. Tell, tell her our pig story. Why we use well, our pig. Jess is the godmother of her girlfriend's dog, uh, dog, dog. child. We, we always yeah. talk dogs. And yeah, exactly. She, we, she found this pig, or I found this pig in a veterinary office. They were selling dog toys. Yeah. And I said, oh, this would be a good toy for Jack, this little one-year-old kid. And then I said, well, I'm going to get, I think I bought two of them at that time. Yeah. So we sent one to Jack, this one-year-old, and then I had one, and we FaceTimed him. And he had his pig, and we had the pig, and we were doing it. Through, it's irresistible through the FaceTime, <laughs> just like squeeze, squeeze, yeah. squeeze. Yeah. And um, then when we did our first podcast, I said, "I'm taking the pig with me to the podcast." And she's like, "What are you bringing the pig for?" I said, "I, I just want to bring the pig to it's the podcast." It's his emotional support pig, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then it just became part of the the show that we just. But uh, Multi Pet sells them, and they come. There's like. Uh, holiday versions and everything else, and they're super cute. But I would just get your old logo right on the belly. Yeah, that would be yeah. very cool. Or a little ring in the pig's nose with your stuff going on. But oh, yeah, the pigs are great, horrible. and it actually is a dog toy, so it would be yeah. a good additive yeah. as a dog toy. It's not just a that's what you do. Facetime you, you toy get a crazy Scott. dog. You come in. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and then throw the pig to the and back then, of the room. And then throw the pig. Yeah, I'm thinking it's like when my uh, brother gave my daughter uh, Play-Doh for Christmas one year. My yeah. husband was like, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you just give it to somebody when you're showing the house or after they purchase the house, you won't have to see the aftermath of right, it. Right, exactly. Be fine. And it won't get stuck in the carpets. Yeah. <laughs> He's adorable. I love him. Yeah. Well, try the Happy Howies as well. Um, this was super uh, yes, fun. Yes, thank you so much. Thank combine. you. Make sure that you guys um, check out Spouses Talking Houses, uh, their Facebook page page. And uh, again, Jennifer and Brian are licensed in Massachusetts and New Hampshire, and we have a lot of local listeners in New England for that. So if you guys are selling or you want to sell while the market's still good, get on that quickly. Um, if you need anything from us personally, you can email us at studio at the corkydog.com and you have your comment, like, and share pitch, I think. Yep, absolutely. Um, what do they, do they do that through YouTube or how do you have your listeners? Whichever, whichever, okay. um, Whichever thing they're on, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. iTunes is probably the preferred for leaving reviews. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But whatever they happen to listen on or watch on, we would love it. And now I have a contact to give to people who um, need dog training. And they can listen to your podcast. And we can help them yeah. get the dogs prepared with the crate. Yeah. And then acclimated to the new house. That's and wonderful. get those houses sold. We don't want the dogs getting in the way of the sale. No, not at all. They can only contribute to it. Well, not thank you all. so much, Jennifer. We appreciate it. And um, we will see you guys next Wednesday or whatever day we have that Spouses Talking Houses going on. Thanks right, for coming. Thanks. Take care. Bye. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.